All right, welcome to the Meanest House podcast, episode 172. Good God. <laughs> I'm Mina, say what? I'm Dex Stuckey. And that's it. <laughs> we are here on staff today. Uh, Shane is actually getting the vaccine right now. We're, um, we're obviously uh, recording the show a little bit earlier this week because of our special guest that's joining us, Mr. Tommy Miles, a.k.a. Nephew Tommy from the Steve Harvey Morning Show. A lot of people know him from radio and his uh, comedy and his acting, but he's actually doing like a reality show, a love reality show on OWN. So we're going to talk to him about that. So we had to kind of like shift the time around a little bit to make that happen for today. So um, he'll be joining us shortly. But until then, let's get right into what's in our feed. So. There's a lot of body shaming going on, Dex, mm-hmm. um, in, in the advent of social media. Everybody got an opinion, but I never thought I'd see the day where a skinny girl would be body shamed. Koi Ray, Benzino's daughter, uh, she is starting to get a lot of attention. Uh, I actually, one of her songs, we play it on Sirius XM The Heat, and she's really skinny, but I love that she's really confident because she don't care. She'll be right in her little with her little skinny self in a thong, twerking it, trying to make it work on the Internet. But now that her popularity is getting so big, more and more people are starting to see what she looks like. And they were literally body shaming her for being too skinny. Yeah. But, you know, I think this is one of those things that no matter what, when it comes to like society, they're going to body shame any and everybody. I mean, like Lizzo gets body shamed. Megan Thee Stallion got body shamed. Beyonce was body shamed at some point, too. Kim Kardashian. Like, this is what we do in society. And I think a lot of it is just mirrored in insecurity. There's so many insecure men out there who do this. And then there's a lot of insecure women out there who do this, too. Because if you think about who her dad is, I think he may be the first male who was body shamed. Like, (laughs) he might literally be the first male that we ever, like, physically allowed to be body shamed. And it does not stop. I don't understand, though. So what is the what is the body to have? Because I just don't get it. It's like everybody can catch it. You're too fat. You're too skinny. Your ass is fake. Your ass is too big. You show your ass too much. You know, like, I just don't understand, like, what is the body that people are looking for? Because y'all out here shaming everything. Yeah, like I, I knew it was bad a couple of days ago when Holly Berry posted a picture and the caption was like, he knew I was a problem or something like that. And people were like, you're old. And it's like, look at Holly Berry's body. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you're going to body shame or shame Holly Berry, none of us have a chance. <laughs> like, you know, you know what I worry about, though? Like this is actually becoming society. Right. So I think what's happening is at first social media, like people just say slick stuff oh, to get a couple of likes on the Internet. I wonder if this is what we're becoming, like where we literally just go and sh- and judge everybody that we see in our lives. I mean, that's how it seems like it's going, because it's like every time a person comes out, we have to have something to say about them. And nine times out of ten, something about the way they look. So here's what I think. Right. So say Coyle Ray, you guys are bullying her and body shaming her for being so skinny. Right. Say she goes out and get in. She gets implants or she gets surgery. Y'all caused this. So what I mean, happens then? This is the thing, though. I thought we would have learned better from this when the, after the whole Chadwick Boseman situation. Like, there were pictures that came out, and he was obviously very skinny because he was sick, and people started to talk crap trash about him like really badly he's on drugs he's this he's that or whatever and then he passes away and you realize he had cancer and it's just like oh we're so sorry 
And that lasted for about a week. And then we were right back at it. Like we need to be better people. I absolutely agree. When I actually talk, so I've talked about both of their bodies, right? Um, when I talked about Chadwick Boseman, I did say he looks really skinny, but I said after that, he must be preparing for a role. Like mm -hmm. I instantly went for like, this is work related. You know, right. I never thought in a million years that he was sick. You know, but I didn't think that he was on drugs, <laughs> you know, like I didn't jump to the extreme. I'm like, he's working on a role. He's an actor. That's normally what happens with actors. When you see them, you know, drastically change their appearance. That's normally what's going on. But with Koyla Ray, I literally first talked about her body maybe two weeks ago. And I was like, look, this girl is real skinny and doing things that, the you know, the more voluptuous girls are doing. She got the thong on. She's twerking. I'm like herself, like her self-esteem is through the roof. I applaud her for mm -hmm. really just being that confident in her body to even do that, you know, and literally two, three weeks later, people are dragging her for being that skinny. And then they're saying she has a child's body. Like, it's not up to her what body she has. <laughs> like, she's an adult. Unless she just you want her to go under the, under the knife. And then again, like you said, they're going to be dragging that, too. Absolutely. So I just want people to be a little bit more um, conscious with their tongue, especially when it comes to what people looks like. Like, look at what Michael Jackson did. This dude literally changed his whole face. And then y'all dragged him for changing his whole face and his hair, because since the beginning, as the, one of the first black faces to be on national TV, you know, in front of people that were not, not black, they criticized him. They criticized his nose, his skin, his hair. You know, you got to remember when Michael Jackson started being on TV. And the only reason I know this is because my mother is like the biggest Michael Jackson fan I know. Right. So when Michael Jackson got on TV, he there was not a lot of black people on national TV on these different late night shows so him and his brothers were one of the first so him as like the front man or front boy at the time you know he was he was a little boy um they criticized him and it's like he changed his whole face <laughs> because he's literally been in the limelight since he was a kid and his hair and they still dragged him <laughs> like it's like we do this to people and then we get mad at them for reacting because we think that their self-esteem is of steel everybody isn't that strong i agree uh, moving on, Justin Bieber, um, I feel like has been doing a lot to try to like do more R&B, um, especially after he kind of took the hiatus and then he got married and everything. So he was on a clubhouse chat and talked about how he sampled Martin Luther King Jr. in one of his speeches. So he had this whole explanation about how he's from Canada and in Canada, they don't te really teach you black history. So when he started to learn black history, he was like, oh, wow, like he felt like he was deprived of this education and he wanted other people to know of this history. So that's why he felt inclined to put this speech into his music, into one of his songs, so he could educate people on the words of such a legendary great man. But some people think this is kind of like cultural appropriation at this point. What are your thoughts, Dex? I think it's very performative. Like when I first saw it, I'm like, well, obviously I, I heard the explanation first and I was like, okay, like I can get with that. And, but I was like, but this does seem performative. Like we're in this big movement now and now you're doing this. Like, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem real to me. So then I was like, but let me just go listen to it. I listened to it literally as soon as the speech starts, it's so powerful. And like, I've never heard that speech before. It's so powerful. And I'm like, damn, I know exactly why you put it on there. Then the next song under it is it, like he's talking about dying for what you believe in. Mm -hmm. That's what Dr. King is talking about. The next song under that is called Die For You. And it's Justin Bieber with a techno pop beat talking about dying for some girl. And I'm like, get the hell out of here with this. 
<laughs> so so he so he missed the point for you because it wasn't like the theme didn't match. It didn't make any sense at all. I do see something from Justin. You know, Justin has always been, I feel like, welcomed in the hip hop and R&B community. But I do kind of see him kind of trying to creep in there just a little bit more with some of the features that he's doing. Even like, I th- I, I think he was mad at the Grammys yeah. because he didn't get like an R&B nomination or something like that. I do think, I get where he was going with this. I do think, though, like, tread lightly. You know, because what you don't want to do is, you know, piss people off and uh, have people saying you're appropriating another, another, you know, another culture's culture. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll keep an eye on little Justin Bieber. Um, Our guest should be joining us soon. Uh, Real quickly, I wanted to talk about kids now being able to get the vaccine. And as I said that here, he is. (laughs) All right. I, I didn't have to put a code in. Oh, look at him. He's on the phone. <laughs> that's what that's what happens when you make money. Listen, you jo- <laughs> you join the interview and you on the phone like, look, right, let, I gotta right. Let me hop off this meeting. I got to work some more. <laughs> hey, no, that's, the, that's, the, that's the engineer that navigates me through this whole. <laughs> Tommy Miles, a.k.a. nephew Tommy from the Steve Harvey Morning Show joining us. Welcome. I mean to say what? Jack Stucky. I'm letting someone else in. Is this your friend? That's my guy right there. It's cool. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, Tommy, welcome. Nice to meet you. We've never actually spoke. Thank you. Thank you for having me this morning. Oh, my God. So we're radio people, right? Yes, we your, are. Your voice is incredible. It's it's one of those, like, you probably go to the store and order, like, you know, let me get a little Starbucks, you know, latte, a little tall latte. And they like, is that nephew Tommy there? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you are, you are absolutely right. <laughs> it's like a gift and a curse. Sometimes you want to do things and not be recognized, but then you got to worry because you might end up on the Internet because everybody knows who you are. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I, you know what? I, I love the fact that we got to wear these masks now because nobody <laughs> nobody knows who you are. But as soon as I say something, they be like, is that Tommy under there? It's Tommy under there. Do you have like a voice that you could disguise your voice into? Like, or do you ever try to do that? I, I got I got a few that I do, especially, you know, and that's what makes uh, pranking so hard now that everybody has gotten used to my voice. So when I'm trying to do prank calls, it's like, oh, no, nah, Tommy, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> What's the craziest fan story? Because you literally have like a cult following because you've been doing these prank calls in the Steve Harvey Morning Show for years. Oh, my God. I got so many, man. I, I, I've had some stalkers now. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Stalkers. Yes. It's, and that was and that was a bad moment in my life. I was like, what is this about? So, you know, you got some you got some fans that are like too much of a fan, you right. know? So you gotta kind of gotta, okay, let's 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 um let's just calm down right here. Let's just- <laughs> are any of these ladies like I know you're married and you've been married for 20 years and I'm not trying to get you in trouble at all. Right. But have any of these ladies been attractive or have they been like older ladies or have they been men? Maybe you have a man stalker. I don't know. Oh, there's, there's, there's been some attractive <laughs> ladies. There's been some some dime pieces. <laughs> Stalk me. There's been, there's been some dime pieces. You'd be like, you know, 25 years ago, you might have had a shot. <laughs> <laughs> 
like I know a lot of people on TV, you would expect them to have like stalkers and big fans and stuff like that. But I think it's so crazy to hear someone in radio say that because people generally don't know what you look like, but they find out what you look like in radio. You know what? You know what? Things have changed now. You know, Mm -hmm. radio used to be, you know, just this person that you're just looking at your radio in your car and you just you like their voice and you it's soothing. And very seldom would you like, is that the person on the radio? I had no idea what they look like. And you would try to visualize it and try. But now with social media and, you know, the the temperatures, everything's different. So people go and immediately do, 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 do. Nephew Tommy, let's see who that, who is that? Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's what they do. So you got some ladies like, oh, he bald. I like that. (laughs) I'm going to stop him. I want to rub his head. (laughs) Trust me, you all have been Googled too. Trust me, they are looking at you now. I had a stalker, Tommy. I know what it is. So I don't. I don't put that on anybody, but uh, nephew Tommy is now on TV. Well, he's been on TV, ready to love on own produced by Will Packard, one of our very favorites. Yep. So, Tommy, there's so many dating shows out there. Do you feel like the pandemic has really kind of kicked up the panic in people when it comes to their personal lives? I think personally, yes. I think people are, are uh, you know, you're, you're, you're afraid. And, you know, you're taken back by like, okay, this is, I I need to just chill out for a minute. This is not the time to be trying to find somebody. Um, I think there's a hesitation at at where we are right now because you're scared, you know, and and you don't know what to do. So, you know, I, I find myself, if me and my wife invite some people to the house, you know, we like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna check your temperature at the door. Okay, we're gonna do that. And uh, you know, you spraying had, them down. Yeah, you know, if you if you've had your shots, we'd like to see your card. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and you know, it sounds crazy, but guess what? I think that's what things are going to evolve to. It's gonna be like if you had your shots, we'd like to see your card. I mm-hmm. think in a minute, when you get ready to get on a plane, they're gonna wanna know, we need to see your card. We no, need to know everything. Let me tell you, I don't even know how to date right now in my life. It's so difficult. And literally, I have thought about going on dating shows. That's why I think we're seeing all these dating shows right now, because it's like, how do you date? Even if you meet someone on social media, you're not going to be meeting random people in the pandemic, you know? And it's like, at the end of the day, it comes down to in order for you to get to know someone, you have to meet them. So it's like, I don't I think it's inappropriate to even be like in the beginning, like all of it. Maybe it's not inappropriate because it's still new, but like on a first day, you're not going to ask somebody if they ever had an STD. Right. So no. on a first day, I'm not going to ask somebody, have you had COVID? Where's your exactly. shot at? Let me see your card. I don't even see I don't even see how it's possible for the attraction to come because you can't I, like I need to need when I see you with your mask. See, I need more than this. You know I mean? <laughs> this right here. This just just your eyes. I need more than that. You this can't just be what turned me on right here. Because when you pull this down, you, I, you can't scare the hell out of me after you pull that. Down. I need to know. I need to know what I'm looking at. <laughs> and then you got the girls with the lashes now. So you look at their eyes. You're like, ooh, she look good. And then you take off the mask. Ah! And- <laughs> <laughs> Teeth all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the show's based in Houston, right? It's so not, you know what? This this season, this season is Houston. Okay. Um, the last, uh, we, you know, the first two were Atlanta. And here's the second two now in, in Houston. And then we're going to move along after that. So um, 
Um, yeah, we are in Houston. We got a lot of twists and turns, a lot of curveballs. You know, when people come on the show, they think, okay, I've watched this season and that season. I think I know what they're going to do. I already know how this is going to work. Right. We stay three, four steps ahead of our contestants because, you know what, they think they know. So we got to keep throwing curveballs at you so that way they look up and say, oh, my God, y'all have never done this before. You're right. We haven't. Because <laughs> okay? we don't want you to know what we're doing. Your job is to try to find love. We're going to guide you through this journey. What I really love about the show is that you got, I mean, obviously you don't avoid controversy, but there's so many other dating shows that have all this controversy that's coming out and watching your show. It's just fun. It's a fun show to watch. And I, and I enjoy that. And I appreciate that. You know what, man, I I'm, I'm, I'm about class. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I am, I'm, I'm not into the, the, the ratchet and I, I'm just not, you know, it's just not me. So if I see something brewing me as a host, I'm going to try and put that fire out. Mm-hmm. And, and and the people that I that are the contestants, the majority of them are really, really on the show to try to find somebody for them. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people that, you know, sneak their way in and they really <laughs> they really like the, 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 the lights camera action. You know what I mean? I know it. And I'm able to pick them out and pull them to the side. You know what? I think you here for the wrong reason. I got my eye on you. So. <laughs> I'm there to try and diffuse all of that. So, you know, along with trying to navigate you to love, I'm also being referee at the same time, making sure that this 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 show and and this journey stays on course the way it's supposed to. It's interesting you say that because I don't know if you've seen the uh, the first Black Bachelor, but it's. It's it's like there was a lot going on there and it needed to be managed like as a host and you watching that show. Like what was going through your mind? I would have been in his ear. I would have been in his ear. I would have given him a little a a lot of guidance. You know what I mean? And I would have I would have never let him take a hard left. And I and I and I saw him out in the deep water drowning a couple of times like, oh, God, he's going down. He's going down. (laughs) Somebody throw him a life raft. He's going down. And um, I think that's the difference over here. And um, well, let me just let me just say this, too. Ready to love is different because you, you mentioned the bachelor. These 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 kids are they're in their 20s. You know what I mean? Life is just starting for them. Ready to love these. We're in our 30s, 40s. Some are even in their 50s. Some people have been married, divorced. Some mm. people are career driven, haven't taken time to say, I'm going to stop and find me a relationship, find somebody for me, been around the block, yada, yada, yada. So this is a, a big difference. These people are really, they grown and sexy. You know, this, uh, these, the ladies I have on this particular season, they are bosses. Yeah. You understand me? I got a lot of ladies that are entrepreneurs, got their own business, doing their own thing. So if the men on the show got to step up to the plate and you got to come where you're not insecure about there's a possibility this lady balling and making way more money than you, yeah. you know, or you come, you know, don't let this, you know, bother you come on in looking for a relationship. And if you come in with that mental thing in the back, like, Ooh, she doing this better than me and this better than me, then th- th- you're going to, you're going to X yourself out. So you're not, you're not ready for love. You're not ready for love. <laughs> you, know, hey, you got to come in ready for love, baby. No, you guys, I'm assuming shot this last year, which would have been like in the midst of the pandemic. Like how was that like filming a show during the pandemic? You know what? Um, uh, very difficult, but, but I like the fact that it was difficult because what that means is that the producers were making sure that we were safe. Yeah. So every every three 
um, every every three three days a week, two or three days a week, we're being tested. Mm. You know, we are constantly being tested. The producers, uh, the the crew, everyone is being tested to make sure that we are safe. And I counted, I counted earlier this week. I have taken. 54 COVID tests. Good God. (laughs) You've done them all. You've done the nose one, the throat one. I've done the nose. I've done the throat. I've been pricked on the finger. You know, it's been been too many people in my nose. You understand what I'm saying? It really has. Tommy Miles, thank you so much for joining us. We know you have uh, all, all these other interviews. Ready to love on own for the grown ex- sexy. We can't wait to watch. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Y'all good. Y'all be good. Be safe. You too. Bye. All right. <laughs> it's like a perfect segue to talk about the kids being able to get the vaccines now. Right, right. <laughs> so um, fun fact, Dexter wanted to ask him about what? I was going to ask. So recently they were saying that Steve Harvey said there's no he can't say anything bad about Michael B. Jordan. So I wanted to ask him, like, can you say well, what are your thoughts on Michael B. Jordan? But when he said, you know, I'm, I'm for the class and whatnot, I'm like, oh, I mean, that's not a appropriate question. <laughs> well, I, you know, and a lot of people don't know, but I, I think he's Steve Harvey's real nephew. Like, that's really his family member. So it wouldn't be an off question. But, you know, for me, it was fun trying to see. Uh, like just watching how you were gonna sneak that in there, I was yeah, like, well, <laughs> "Yeah, you might not want to do that, Dex." Like, <laughs> you know what though? When I'm interviewing people, that happens to me a lot, right? I have this question and I want to know, but it's like you're kind of in the groove, and it's like if I ask this, it's gonna be off or it's not gonna fit, or like how do you even reel it back after this like monkey wrench? I almost call it. So that happens to me all the time, where I just even out. Won't even ask a question, but you kind of feel sometimes as a radio personality, like you want to ask questions that people want the answers to. So there's that pressure. So it's like a balance sometimes. And it's a hard balance to kind of like um, understand. But he is um, he's like on a string of interviews today. So he's like back to back to back to back. So it, it wasn't one of those situations where we could literally talk for 20, 30 minutes, how we do sometimes it had to be in and out. But. It was yeah. fun. I enjoyed it. I can't wait to watch the show. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I don't uh, watch the Bachelor, but I will watch that. I've watched The Bachelor. It's funny how he you said so. He's good. You saw how he weaved right up out of that. Like <laughs> he was like, "Well, our show." <laughs> I like that though. Like I mean, just it's it's transparent, and I and I believe it too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so let's talk about the kids getting vaccines, right? So Pfizer has announced that their vaccine is a hundred uh, percent effective for kids as young as twelve years old. Now, when they say a hundred percent effective, I never believe that. Um, just because there's so many different strands and they're always evolving and mutating, there is no way it right now with this current virus, even with the flu. They can never get a vaccine as 100 percent effective. It will cover you maybe 70, 80, 85, 90 percent, which is good enough. You know, it's it's better than zero. But um, if you had, you know, we don't have kids here, but if you had a kid, would you be OK with giving your child this vaccine, this vaccine that's only really been around for a couple of months? Well, personally, I don't want to take it myself. So I, I wouldn't want to have my child take it. But I do understand that, like. And making having it available for kids is kind of like the open opening the gates, because if you make it available for kids, 
like they're going to eventually make it mandatory for kids to be able to go back in school. You know what I mean? Like how there's so many other shots you have to take before you can enroll a child into school. So if you make it, look, this is available. Kids have to get it now. And if kids have to get it, then there's no reason why Disney World would say like, everybody's got to have the vaccine before they come in here or a flight would say it. So like, I guess it's good if you want to avoid your child catching COVID. But at the same time, it's like, I think that kids being able to get it is really like the beginning of the end because like if we, if we thought we were able to go through life like me go through life without getting this vaccine now that kids can do it there's no way I'm not going to be forced to do it you know what I think though for me it kind of makes me feel like the vaccine is a little bit safer because I really do not feel like the FDA or I, I would hope you never know but I would hope that the powers that be would not administer something that was not good to our kids you see this food we be eating <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna hurt you. <laughs> I, but it's a per. But that's a that's a choice, right? You have a choice to either feed your kids vegetables and fruit, or you feed your kids, you know, egos from the box. Like that. That is your choice, right? There's other options. There's healthier options. There's whole wheat options. There's you know non-saturated fat. There's organic. They got organic everything. But I feel like it's not a choice what gets put in the vaccine. You know what I'm saying? You either take the vaccine or you don't. So it's like, for me, I just kind of feel like, okay, maybe I, I, now I feel a little bit more comfortable because I would hope that they wouldn't give something to kids that it was not good for them. And to be honest, I also feel like some of these kids need it. Like, have you watched kids play these kids? I saw yesterday. See, look at me. I was, I'm talking trash about stuff that people eat. Yesterday, I was starving. I went to McDonald's <laughs> and, and I saw like a group, a large group of kids outside, like playing with each other. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm just like, do we not understand that COVID is out here? And it's like it is. Kids are they're not that smart. <laughs> like They're really not. Well, it comes down to what they're seeing at home. Right. Because the kids mimic what's happening in the household. So it's crazy. Like, OK. Uh, so Gilly and Wallow, mm-hmm. they have a podcast, right? So I personally, I know Gilly more so than Wallow. I think I met Wallow twice, but I know Gilly very well. Like I have his number. That's how well I know him. So I saw they put up a video and um, they're, you know, in the video, I, they're in Atlanta. I didn't even read the caption. I just clicked on the video and I watched the video. So he, they're like at a corner store and the video was funny, but all I keep on focusing on is the fact that nobody got their mask on correctly. The one lady don't got her mask on correctly. That's talking to uh, Gilly. The other lady um, got her mask down. She's behind the screen while uh, Gilly had his mask on, but then he pulled it down to talk to the camera. And then Wallow, um, shout out to Wallow had his mask on the whole time. So all I could focus on is, how like everybody three out of four people are not correctly using the mask. Right. Yeah. I just typed it. That was just my immediate thought. There was no like ill will or, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't telling people like, Oh, wear your mask. Like that's on you. That's, that's you. <laughs> you know, all I was saying is all I can focus on is the fact that a couple of masks are not being worn correctly. Right. And here come, I was so shocked Dex. Here come a barrage of people, mostly men. Yeah, men need to start checking yourself on social media. Don't be talking to me crazy because you don't know me. Okay, so I see it's like, no, but it's literally like a gang of men get like responding to me, maybe like 10 men, like real negative. And I feel like coming at my neck a little bit. And I was like, someone was like, all right, uh, you know, you uh, 
you gonna call the cops or the you the ops or you know like masks don't don't work or uh you know like bro what the, what's wrong with you I, I, like that is it's like it, it's almost it's almost to a point now and i feel like we're getting off time but it's almost to a point now where if you tell a person you need to wear your mask or something like that you're the one who's wrong like you're the one who's doing something wrong here so like and, and now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that's a thing to troll the rest of us into getting the vaccine. Like we see people out doing the stuff without masks and, and, and we're like, oh, my God, they don't have a mask. Like, go ahead and stick me up. Stick it in me. <laughs> that's exactly what happened to me. But the reason why I bring this up is I kind of, you know, it's amazing to me that I can't even like just comment on something that I'm seeing without people coming from my life because I'm saying people are wearing the mask pro- improperly. Like if you go and wear the mask improperly, why are you even wearing the mask? Like, I, that's what I don't understand. So it's to me, it makes no sense of you wearing a mask if you're going to wear it improperly. Like you're defeating the purpose of the mask. And then here come all oh, the masks don't work. First of all, doctors and nurses wear this mask in operating rooms to make sure that they don't get diseases and they don't you don't they don't get contaminated by the, the different particles in the air. You're not going to sit here and tell me the mask don't work. OK, is that people are not wearing the mask correctly. But I say all this to say, Dex, that these people have kids, right? So this is brings it back to my point of when we go around and we we come in contact with these adults, these adults have kids. So these kids are a product of their environment. And if even on the Internet, we're seeing people, these are males. Right. And it's disheartening to me that a male would sit up there and say that because you're supposed to be the head of the household, you know, and if you got little boys, they're supposed to look up to you and you got little girls, you su- you're supposed to protect them. So it's like there's so much that there's so much pressure that goes on the male, especially when you have a family unit unit. It's disheartening to me that this many males would attack me, you know, or come at me crazy on social media. Be only because I pointed out that the masks aren't being worn correctly, you know, and I'm not saying all males. I'm saying this is something that happened to me that made me kind of realize, like, why are all these men coming at me? What is yeah. wrong with you? And the women that were commenting were like, girl, me too. Yeah, I was saying the same thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying males don't care and women don't. All I'm trying to say is I'm just giving you a assessment of this thing that I went through and I and I noticed you know, and it's like these people have kids. So now these kids are out into the world doing exactly what their dad or mom is showing them. And that's why I feel like it's even more that the kids need to get these vaccines because they be playing. They forget even my nieces and nephews. They running around. They hot. They got to pull the mask down. You know, um, kids are still playing with one another. You know, kids don't get there's a pandemic and taking that right home to grandma. That's exactly it. So um, I think because, you know, kids, you still try to keep some sort of normalcy for the kids um, because mentally they might not be as strong as an adult. They are still very fragile. So you try to put your kids in certain environments that are safe environments, but you still end up having kids with masks, not being worn correctly, masks coming down, not covering the nose. So I don't really have a problem with kids getting the vaccine. And um, I'm actually now pro vaccine, to be honest with you. And let me tell you, I'm not quite there, but like I I do respect that people are wanting to get the vaccine. And my mindset initially was 
don't say anything negative about people getting the vaccine, because if you don't want to get it, the more people who do go ahead and get it, you won't be forced to do it. I just hate that now I feel like I'm going to be forced to do it. Well, I would say just do it on your own time. You know, um, I would never force putting anything in anyone's body. I would never do that because at, at first I wasn't for the vaccine at all. And y'all know that, you know, I'm just I, I I literally got the flu shot one day and got the full blown out zoo from the shot. And that traumatized me forever. You know, and the doctor explained to me, well, you were probably already sick. That's why you got sick from the flu shot. But still, like I was really sick, you yeah. know, from this shot. So um. I, you know, that's why I was very like, nah, I'm not getting this. But as I start going out into the world more and I start doing more research on the different vaccines and I start talking to people in my life that I trust that have gotten the vaccine and some people don't have a reaction. Some people do. I'm more open to it, but I wouldn't suggest that for anybody. That is a personal choice. It is yeah. your body, you know, and you deserve to put whatever you want in your body. All I all I ask of those people is to be respectful of other people's bodies, yeah. you know, I I'm not here to tell you to wear a mask. I'm not here to tell you, you know, how you should you should take the vaccine. But I don't want you putting your ideas and what you believe and putting me in danger. Like, be conscious of other people. I think if, you're that's not, if you're not going to wear a mask, stay 10 feet away from me, bro. Over there. <laughs> people don't want to get masks. They don't want to get the vaccine vaccine, but they want to be out in the streets with like. I don't get it. Like, you, I feel like you can't do both. Either you're going to get take the preventative measures or you're going to stay in the house. Like, you can't do both. Yeah, I don't mind it. You do you, bro. But don't put my life in danger. And, it, you know, because of your personal actions. And that's what bothers me. Yeah. You know, that that that's point blank period, which I felt like on Friday put literally put people put me in danger. <laughs> um, <laughs> not Friday, last Friday, put me in danger. Um, you know, because of their personal choices. But the good news is that I am also COVID negative, Zach. I was going to ask you. Also, I guess we should probably follow up from last week. Did you talk to the guy? Oh, I have not talked to the guy, but I did put up your picture. Yes, I saw the so, picture. <laughs> so I'm I'm taking the the slow approach. Okay. To it, so I'm like that in general, though. Um, you know, just because you have an interest in someone doesn't mean that it's going to turn into anything. Yeah. You know, and I've learned that as an adult. You know, when you're a kid, you you think someone's cute, and that's it. We go together, like you know, like we you like that's all that is required. You know, like you hang out once, and you're like, oh my god, that's my boo. You know, mm-hmm. like. Start planning that wedding. Right. But like when you're an adult, it's not enough to just think someone's cute or hang out with them. You know, like I, I, I like what are your goals? How do you treat me? You know, mm-hmm. do you see a long term life? You know, like that's that's the type of time I'm on right now. So if I don't see someone in that same, you know, vicinity, if, if, if we're not trying to grow and build as a couple, as a unit, you know, as equals, as partners, I'm I'm just at this point in my life, I'm just not interested at all. I'm not trying to waste my my time. I got a lot of things that I want to do in my career, but I also want to have a life. You know, the pandemic. It's funny. Tommy was talking about this. The pandemic really made me realize that I've always been career focused, always, Mm -hmm. even when I've been in relationships. You know, my career was always number one for me and almost like I feel like it was like a, a like a you need to check yourself moment, you know, like. There needs to be other things that are important to you outside of your career. And people are important to me, but I think I'm at the point in my life where I'm ready to sacrifice for someone that's worth it. And I wasn't I wasn't there before. 
That's good. You know, like I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't sacrifice if it was work or go be with my boo. All right, I'm going to check y'all later. I'm going to go get this coins. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get this coin, boo. I love you, but I'll see you later. So Mm -hmm. I feel like my state of mind is changing just because I was sitting in the house for months in a pandemic. And it's like, you start thinking like, what do I want in my life? Yeah. So um, I'm there. So I'm not going to invest my time to someone who literally like some, that doesn't understand or doesn't respond to me trying to like help you ex- like help you understand my state of mind and yes. you know yes. me being uncomfortable in an environment where people are outside and not really wearing masks and things like that you know so but that's where i am boo i like it i'll let you know when i take the vaccine i'm on the list okay all right so, Dex, anything else you want to add? I know, you know, it was just us two uh, this week. Shout out to Shayna. Shout out to Garnett. They'll be back next week. We carried it, too. Like, I'm just like, we just, oh, that was amazing. I'm so proud of us. Listen, <laughs> we professionals out here, okay? Two, three, four, five. We've done it with six. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we, you know, you 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 got to move with the flow, man. You got to, you know, you got to be liquid and, and, and adapt. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I, we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for watching. It's the 172nd episode of the Venus House podcast. I mean, to say what? Dex Stucky. Have a good one, guys. Peace.